Behold, I am coming soon, Jesus tells us in the last chapter of the book of Revelation. The Apostle John shares messages about Jesus' second coming in this book, reassuring us that nothing can prevail against God's church. He urges us to hold on to Jesus. This is Kay Meyer, President of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's program. My guest today is Reverend Bruce McKinney. He's one of the authors of the Advent devotional book entitled, Behold, I Am Coming Soon. And he's pastor of St. Paul Lutheran Church in Lake Mills, Wisconsin. Welcome, Pastor McKinney. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Kay. Thank you for the privilege, and we pray God blesses our program this morning that others might find comfort in this book, too. Thank you so much. Well, I love the devotional book, and it's based on Revelation, which I found very interesting, and I learned a lot. Tell us how the book came to be, a booklet. It's a devotional booklet. Well, about five years ago, as we were planning for our Advent services, which uh, include four Sundays and three midweek services, we always kind of struggle to find a distinction between what we are focusing in on between the Sundays and the Advent and the midweek services. At the suggestion of some of our worship leaders, we uh, produced a sermon series on the seven letters to the seven churches of Asia Minor in the book of Revelation. And then we looked upon it as an opportunity also to provide uh, an opportunity for our people to really study the entire book of Revelation. So what uh, my two associates and I did is we divided the book up into three parts. Each of us uh, wrote devotions uh, on the basis of those three parts. Uh, We set some parameters for ourselves about the length of the the devotions, including a prayer, and then we uh, just uh, photocopied it for our members. And then... uh, One of our members' son-in-law is a pastor in one of our congregations in Illinois, and he found a copy of that. Um, He asked permission to use it for his congregation, and he said the people so enjoyed it, he suggested that we submit the manuscript possibly for publication. And so we are here today, some five years later, and with this book produced by Northwestern Publishing House. It's a great book. Well, uh, when I talked to you the other day, you said you could summarize Revelation for us. And I said, oh, people have written hours and hours of, of documents to talk about Revelations. But I want you, Revelation, the book of Revelation, I want you to summarize for our listeners as we get started what this book tells us as Christians. Well, it, it's kind of a simplification, but it, it, it's, it's accurate. Um, the entire book of Revelation tells us nothing new that we haven't already been told in other parts of the Bible. The only difference is that it's told us uh, this information is shared with us uh, through visions uh, that the Lord gave to the Apostle John, and the visions are somewhat dramatic and sometimes might even might say bizarre. But the entire book of Revelation really is... Um, made up of seven visions. And uh, each of the visions comes back with the same message, the message uh, uh, to which you made reference in the introduction to the program, that the devil and his allies, whether it be um, ungodly governments, political powers, um, false teachers in the church, they will try to destroy Christ's church on earth. Uh, but in the end, Christ, the Lamb who was slain, is victorious, and those who believe in him shall be victorious too. 
it's really a fulfillment of what Jesus said when he told his disciples, uh, the gates of hell will not prevail mm-hmm. against this mm-hmm. church. So each uh, vision is different, but each vision carries the same message, and the message is because Christ is victorious, so shall his church be victorious. So that's basically the message of the entire book. There's a lot of misunderstanding about Revelation, and I uh, I commend you for that. Let's just, uh, you wrote the devotions from December 15th through December 25th, and I just made some notes on starting with December 15th, and I want to just ask you some questions. There's so much in this, we're never going to have time to deal with all of it. But I loved the, the, the uh, devotion about the woman and the dragon. Tell us more about who this woman is and what, uh, what Revelation tells us and why this is important to us. Well, when one first takes a look at uh, this vision about the woman and the dragon, uh, some might conclude that uh, the woman in this vision is Mary, the mother of Jesus. But as you take a look at it more closely, it can't be, because the description of the woman uh, talks about someone who is holy, clothed with the perfection of the Son of God, and it's obvious, then, as you read in this, this, this woman in the vision has to be uh, the Holy Christian Church, all those who believe in Jesus. And uh, the vision shows how the dragon, the devil, who was cast from heaven, is trying to destroy the church and also uh, the baby um, that was born. Now, obvious, uh, the baby is reference to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but before the dragon could uh, attack or conquer this baby, uh, he ascended to heaven having accomplished our salvation. And so now in the New Testament age, the the devil, the dragon, has turned his attention to those who follow Jesus, and he tries to attack and destroy Christ's followers. And in this uh, vision, the way in which he tries to do it is by accusing those who believe in Jesus uh, that they are not worthy to be taken to heaven, and they overcome his accusations through the good news about the blood of Jesus that washes away all sins. So again, it comes back to the main message of the book, because Christ is victorious, so are those who follow him by faith. Yeah. So speak right now to someone who's struggling with sin. I'm sorry, with guilt. With guilt, because you you end that devotion talking about um, that's one of the ways Satan, uh, which you just said, Keeps tries to take our eyes off of Jesus, helping us think, oh, we're not good enough. Oh, we didn't do enough. Uh, talk to one of our listeners about guilt and what, why they don't need to drag it along with them. Well, in my experience as a pastor over the years, I've often said this, uh, when a Christian especially is near the hour of death, um, it seems that's when Satan attacks the most. And perhaps things that Christians have been guilty of over the years seem to come back. When the time is short, the guilt just sometimes overwhelms them, and and now they're afraid to die because this guilt of what they've done in the past is brought back before them. Sometimes it's a guilty conscience. Sometimes it's Satan uh, Mm -hmm. dredging up all that dirt. And it's amazing that uh, the only thing that truly can bring comfort to someone, especially struggling with guilt, and especially on the deathbed, is the good news that it's all been paid for, Uh, especially the words from chapter 12 where it says, um, for the accuser of our brothers, that's the devil, who accuses them before our God day and night, he's been hurled down, and they overcame him. And how? By the blood of the Lamb, 
So it's only the good news that Jesus has washed those sins away that can really take away a guilty conscience and bring the comfort and the assurance that, yes, I'm a sinner, but Jesus washed those sins away, and I know I'm going to go to heaven when I die. Wonderful. So that's, that's the comfort that, that God offers to us in this book, especially when we struggle with a guilty conscience over sins in the past. Wonderful. Now, on December 16th, you talk about the beast. Who is the beast that comes out of the sea, and uh, how does that relate to the book of Daniel? Well, again, uh, a lot of those things, uh, people try to be uh, very specific specific about these things, that uh, we're, we're talking about a specific person or, 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 or a specific thing. And um, when we talk about the beast coming out of the sea, a lot of times... Uh, I think in the book of Revelation, um, the beast that uh, worked together with, uh, with Satan and trying to overcome the church uh, can be political government. Um, those who would attack uh, the church uh, using political forces. Um, secular rulers and governments, a good example, and you can even go back to chapter 12, would even be like King Herod uh, when he had all the baby boys in, in Bethlehem killed trying to put to death this new king of the Jews. But again, the message comes back that, uh, that Christ will overcome, and uh, he overcame by his victory on the cross, and, and by him uh, we will also overcome even the ferocious enemies that are depicted in this vision. Yeah, and you also talk about in that uh, uh, devotion that good works can't save us. This is just one of the tools that Satan seems to uh, continue to m- make people think that they have to be good, and yet uh, good works do not save us, according to Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Just to touch on that for a minute. You know, you could go all the way back to the Garden of Eden when you talk about uh, man's fall into sin. Uh, when you really take a look at what Satan has lied to Eve, it was, Eve, if you want to be with God, if you want to be like God, it's in your hands, Eve. All you have to do is reach out and take. It's up to you. And, and really, in a sense, you could say that lie of Satan, which even the Antichrist uh, promotes still today, is work righteousness, that mm-hmm. somehow it's in our hands. It's mm-hmm. up to us. If we want to be with God in heaven, it's uh, how good we live. But the Scriptures clearly teach us through God's holy law, none of us could ever be good enough. And we need to hear that message because then we will despair of our own good works and then turn to the works of the only one who can save us, and that's the work of Jesus. He obeyed God's law perfectly for us. He died to take away our failures, and through what he has done, through his work, the righteousness of Christ, we have eternal life. Yeah, that's great. Now, in your devotion on December 17th, it talks about the Lamb, the angels, and the harvest. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, again, uh, one of the great comforts with regard to uh, uh, the book of Revelation is that, uh, that uh, not one of God's redeemed people will ever be lost. And uh, when we talk about salvation, that uh, God's harvest will be that in the end he will bring to heaven those who have been brought to faith in him. Okay? And uh, the harvest, the final harvest, is going to come at the end. And for some... It's going to be the harvest to eternal life. For others, it will be the harvest unto eternal damnation. And the key, again, is going to be faith in Jesus. 
um, the Lamb who died is the only way to eternal life. And by faith in him, when God brings us home, uh, that will be a harvest of joy. But those who reject Jesus in unbelief, uh, the angels with the, the sickle will, will just um, cut them down, and that will be the final judgment. All right. There's just so much. And on December 18th, you talk about the seven uh, plagues. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that. With regard to, to the seven plagues, again, um, and, and if you take a look at a lot of different things, Jesus is going to be coming back, and um, uh, there will be a number of things that are going to precede the end of the world. And uh, many times when you think about the, the seven plagues, uh, the, the visions, the last plagues, uh, I think it, it, it talks about that in, in when you get to uh, Judgment Day in Matthew 24, Matthew 25, that there are going to be terrible things that are come upon this earth. Um, and those are to be warnings or reminders to us that uh, when uh, those things happen in this world, we should not become discouraged, but just take note of them and then watch and wait. And those signs, those plagues that come upon the earth, wars and rumors of wars, uh, pestilence, false doctrine, uh, those are all signs that Jesus gives to us to let us know it's coming closer, get ready, be prepared, and not to fear those things. And we look forward to that final redemption uh, even when uh, things get really bad at the end of the world. All right, good. I have a few announcements I want to make, and then I'll come back and we'll continue talking about uh, some of the Advent devotions on the book of Revelation. Thanks for listening to Family Shield. Family Shield is aired on 51 radio stations throughout the United States. If you're a Thrivent financial member, you can designate your Thrivent Choice dollars to Family Shield Ministries. Call Thrivent and ask for choice dollars or go to their website at www.thrivent.com. Each week, Family Shield gives away a booklet to our listeners. Today, we're giving away Reasons to Believe. To order this complimentary booklet to read yourself or give away, contact our response center at 1-877-317-4326. You can also sign up to receive the Family Shield email newsletter on our homepage at www familyshieldministries.com. We encourage you to pray for Family Shield and uh, for those we reach and equip and support us with a gift this month as you are able. You can write us at Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. To order the book, or learn more about the book, Behold, I Am Coming Soon. This is an Advent devotion on the book of Revelation that we've been talking about. Go to Northwestern Publishing's Publishing House's website. That's www.nph.net. The books are also available on Amazon.com and Barnes & Noble, and some of them are available in Nook Form. I know sometimes people like that. It's just a great Advent book. Thank you so much for writing it. And uh, uh, any other comments that you would have for our listeners about uh, getting the devotional book, Behold, I'm Coming Soon? Well, nothing more about that particular book. We're happy if people would like to purchase them. Uh, again, it's written from a pastoral perspective just to encourage God's people. 
Uh, it, I, I believe it's easy reading. Um, it is. I'm kind of a simple man, so I write <laughs> kind of in a simple way. Uh, but I would just say that probably another book that people would be very much uh, uh, interested in is a book that was authored by um, Dr. Siegbert Becker. Uh, he had been a professor at Fort Wayne uh, Seminary uh, for a while and then also at Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary in Mequon. And a book that he had written um, on the book of Revelation is called Revelation, the Distant Triumph Song, and that is also available at uh, Northwestern Publishing House. And it's a, an excellent book and one of the most thorough, I would say, commentaries on the book of Revelation, a good, solid Lutheran confessional book. Yeah, you mentioned that when we... When we uh... Uh, spoke a few days ago because Revelation, there's just so much confusion uh, about this book of the Bible within the body of Christ and even some uh, organizations that we would consider cults outside of the body of Christ. And uh, uh, so I love that there are books out there that can help Christians understand uh, in, and not be misled. And uh, thank you so much for sharing that. And we can make sure if people missed who that is, they can email us uh, through the, the ministry and we can get that information to them. I'll make sure I get that uh, from you in, in a different at a different time, and we'll make sure we get that out to anyone that's interested. So we were uh, talking about just some of the devotions that you wrote and um, um, December 19th, you talk about the seven bowls. Um, tell us a little bit more about that. Armageddon is a big issue. <laughs> <laughs> and again, I'm not a, <clears throat> I wouldn't necessarily consider myself an expert on the book of Revelation and so forth. Um, but again, um, the picture uh, that God is presenting in the seven visions for us is that uh, during this New Testament era, until Jesus comes back the second time for the Day of Judgment, Satan and his enemies, uh, or his allies, are going to be uh, very vicious enemies uh, of the Holy Christian Church. And uh, as the world comes closer to the end, again, God is going to pour out judgment on this world uh, as a, a call to repentance for those who perhaps uh, do not believe in Jesus. These uh, these disasters that are coming, these judgments of God that are coming, are an opportunity for people to, to repent, to turn away, uh, to put their dress, trust in Jesus so that, uh, that uh, they too can be saved when the final day of judgment comes. And again, there are going to be a lot of different disasters, uh, signs in the sky, uh, earthquakes, famine, pestilence. And again, it's just a repeat. And people talk about this big battle of Armageddon, and somehow there's going to be some big... Uh, final battle uh, between the forces of evil and, and the Church. And, and again, this is vision language. Uh, not everything should be taken literalistically in this. Um, when we think of Armageddon, it's a, it's a Hebrew word that talks about a mountain and the city of Megiddo, and, and it, it's very possible that this could be referenced back to the battle uh, on Mount Carmel between Elijah and the prophets of Baal. And uh, it's, that's the way it's going to be on the last day. Um, there's going to be that final, final battle uh, between the truth of God and the lies of Satan, and uh, the battle, uh, the victory is going to be the Lord's. And again, uh, uh, these bowls of judgment that are poured out on the earth are just, again, a different way of saying what Jesus told his disciples about the end of the world. 
Uh, there are going to be these disasters that come, judgment upon the earth as a prelude to the final judgment on the last day. And we shouldn't be afraid of that day of judgment, God's people, because that's the day when our Father is going to come and take us all home finally uh, mm-hmm. to our eternal home in heaven. Now, um, when when we read the uh, Advent devotions, uh, we also are reminded of uh, the coming king, uh, the baby in the manger. Can you just make a comment about that? Because we haven't talked a lot about that. But in every devotion, there is a reference to uh, what we think of as the, the the Christmas story, just to make a comment about that. Sure. Uh, the word Advent really comes from a Latin word meaning the coming, and when we think of uh, Advent, we think of how our Savior came uh, as the baby Jesus, uh, born in Bethlehem, as God had promised, born of the Virgin Mary, God and man in one person. And so in Advent, we, we celebrate that. God kept his promise to send us a Savior. And he came and he did what God promised. He died for us. He took away our sins. But there are other Advents. Uh, Jesus also comes to us uh, through his Holy Word and his sacraments, uh, baptism in the Lord's Supper, uh, through gospel, a message of God's forgiveness. Jesus uh, knocks on our door, uh, the, the, the door of our heart. And uh, through that message, he comes to us to live in us by faith, and that's his advent we celebrate, too. Mm-hmm. And his first coming as the babe of Bethlehem and his coming to us through his holy word today prepares us for that time when he will come on the last day, the final advent of our Savior. So that's really what the advent is all about, and it always goes back to the baby Jesus, because without him, there would be no hope for us on the last coming of our Savior as the King of Kings. That's right. That's right. So, um, in on December twentieth, in the devotion, you talk. Uh, it talks about the great prostitute and uh, uh, the unbelievers inside the church. Uh, that might uh, surprise some people, but we know um, the body of Christ is, is invisible. Tell us a little bit more about what you share related to that. Yeah, in the Old Testament, uh, God often compared spiritual adultery, being unfaithful to the Lord, as, as adultery, uh, using the picture of uh, uh, moral uh, corruption and, and uh, being unfaithful. And um, the Holy Christian Church is invisible. In other words, all those who believe in Jesus, they belong to the Holy Christian Church. Within the pale of the visible Church, where people gather around the Word, there can be people within uh, a church body that, even though they come to church, they may not necessarily believe in Jesus. And uh, throughout the history uh, of the church, there have been times when uh, the church, the visible church, not the holy Christian church, but the visible church, uh, has become unfaithful uh, to the Lord, either by following after false gods like the Old Testament Jews did, or by... Uh, today aligning itself with uh, governments, political powers, and things. Uh, uh, in other words, uh, becoming spiritual prostitutes rather than being faithful to the Lord and the promises of His Word. And um, in the end, that will all uh, be taken away, too. That in the end, when Christ comes back, uh, those who are not truly believers within the pale of the visible Church, uh, they will be exposed for what they are. They are imposters. But uh, the true believers... Uh, they will be taken to heaven. So that's that's what the great prostitute mm-hmm. is, the visible church being uh, unfaithful to the Lord and the truths of his word. All right. And uh, we have much more to cover. Um, I, I think I'm going to just kind of flip 
forward here to December 24th, the New Jerusalem describes heaven. Uh, and it says, I saw the holy city, the New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a, a bride dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or mourning or crying. Uh, talk to us a little bit more about the New Jerusalem. Well, the New Jerusalem, of course, that's a that's reference to our, our heavenly home uh, uh, to which we as God's people look forward. It was always God's intent when he created the world that his creation, our first parents, Adam and Eve, would live with God forever. Um, that's the real joy of heaven, being with God and living with God and he with us. Um, but, of course, Adam and Eve fell into sin, and the consequence of their sin has come to us, too, and now in this world we suffer sorrow and death and crying and and things just don't last because of uh because of the fall of man into sin the, the consequences are real but once uh, uh Jesus brings us to heaven uh all that is gone no more consequence of sin because sin is gone and we are his redeemed holy people and and he's going to wipe away those tears and uh we're going to live in perfect joy and happiness forever and again, uh, going back to the picture of the prostitute, uh, God often in his word pictures his church, his true believers, as his bride, and he is the bridegroom. And now, uh, just as a bride and a bridegroom are joined on wedding day to live uh, together, uh, now God's church, his bride, will be brought to heaven to live with the bridegroom forever in perfect joy. And uh, when you think about uh, joyful days in this world, uh, nothing is more joyful than a wedding celebration, is it? Yeah. And that's what heaven's going to be like. That's good. We have uh, less than two minutes left. Just a, a quick comment about the Tree of Life and where it is today and why that has meaning for us. Well, again, it goes back to the Garden of Eden, does it not? Uh, God had the two trees, Tree of Knowledge of Good and Evil. Uh, Adam and Eve were not to eat from that. They did. They fell into sin. And uh, God intended them to eat from the tree of life and live forever, but he banned them from the garden so that they would not have to live forever in a fallen estate. Uh, Jesus won salvation for us, and now in heaven awaits that tree of life. And all those who believe in Jesus and enter heaven, uh, they are given that precious joy of eating from that tree now and living forever. And again, uh, it's amazing how in the very first book of the Bible, Genesis, God talks about the tree of life, and here we are in the last book of the Bible, that tree of life. And it's kind of like nice bookends. Uh, yeah. And the middle of the book is the cross of Jesus, right. and it all is tied together. Thank you so much. My guest has been Reverend Bruce McKinney. We've been talking about Behold, I Am Coming Soon, Advent Devotions on the Book of Revelation. And uh, in this uh, Bible verse, I wanted to share, Yes, I am coming soon. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. And that's a prayer that we often use with meals. Come, Lord Jesus. Many people don't realize that comes right out of Revelation, and we are waiting for Jesus to come again. This is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. Our website, if you want to learn more, is www.familyshieldministries.com. Thank you so much for listening. God bless your day. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ.
grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123.